You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. If your blood runs orange and blue, this is the pod for you. You're listening to Orange and Blue Bloods. Hosted by EJ Stewart and Tommy Beer. Let's get to it, New York. We're back with another edition of the Orange and Blue Bloods podcast. I'm EJ Stewart, joined by Tommy Beer. Tommy, the Knicks no longer on their winning streak, but an opportunity to start a new one Friday night against the Chicago Bulls. I feel like this is not, uh, you know, I feel like this is like a deja vu situation this, or an electric boogaloo situation or something, because somehow we're talking once again about a Knicks-Bulls matchup. And here we are. Uh, I feel like I've talked about the Bulls at nausea at this point, but this is how the NBA uh, made the schedule, and this just happens to be when we started our podcast. I feel like we've spent half the pod, half our pods together talking about the Bulls. But <laughs> what's one more? Yeah, exactly. And this is the last time these teams will be playing. So, those tired of hearing about the Chicago Bulls on our next podcast, um, rest assured this will be the last time, barring any playoff appearance. And given how Bulls are playing, I'm not sure you'll have to worry about that. So. Uh, we'll talk about this Bulls game, of course. We'll also talk about uh, a Christmas Day a spectacular happening with the NBA. The Knicks will be playing against the Philadelphia Sixers, but someone who is not playing on Christmas Day says that he would love to have smoke with the Knicks on Christmas Day. So we'll talk about that, and we'll give you our Knicks naughty or nice list. Who's getting a bag of gifts? Who's getting a lump of coal? We'll give you guys our naughty and nice list to wrap the show this holiday season the first the last uh, episode before christmas of course if you enjoy these episodes of the orange blue plus podcast make sure you subscribe make sure you subscribe on the aussie app or wherever you get your podcast and be sure to hit the auto download feature on your podcast service so that you can get these episodes whenever we drop so let's begin talking about this matchup friday night so the knicks and Bulls square off for the third time in about a week. This will be uh, this time at Madison Square Garden. This is the last time these teams will be playing. Knicks and Bulls played a two-game swing in Chicago last week, which is Knicks swept. They won both of those games. First one was an overtime thriller. Second one was more of a laugher. The Bulls, as currently constituted right now, are in a two-game winning streak after enduring a four-game slide that included those two losses to the Knicks, things have gotten rocky for Chicago prior to this winning streak. They had a altercation that happened in the locker room prior to their uh, to their T-Wolves loss. This was a halftime altercation during that game. That ended up being their fourth loss in a row. And there have now been rumors that the Bulls definitely could be looking to uh, blow things up as uh, things deteriorate. Now that the Bulls have won two in a row, they did have a a buzzer beater win over the Atlanta Hawks. Io Dusumu with a putback layup 
to win that game Wednesday night, kind of payback for a game they had the previous week against the Hawks where uh, A.J. Griffin um, uh, had had a game winner. So uh, Knicks come in, having lost their eight-game winning streak, hoping to get back on track. Tommy, how do the Knicks get back on track against this Bulls team Friday night? Yeah, as you mentioned, and and as we saw last week, the Bulls were in dire straits. Um, Last time we saw them, obviously back-to-back losses to the Knicks, then they gave up 150 points to the Wolves. Um, And it it was at that point that it seems they kind of righted the ship a little bit. Um, They went down to Miami, um, uh, beat the the Heat by double digits, and then, as you mentioned, had that uh, incredible buzzer-beating win um, against Atlanta um, on on Wednesday night. So, you know... um, Again, it's important to keep in mind that this is a talented team. Um, yeah. Looks like the, the Knicks saw them kind of at their at the bottom um, of of where they were this season. But they, um, you know, it's, uh, keep in mind they are six and one against some of the best teams in the conference, the top four teams in the conference: uh, the Bucks, the Celtics, Nets, and Heat. They played those guys seven times, um, and they're six and one in those games. Um, the the Bulls have won. Uh, they're they're three and two when their big three of Levine, Vucevic, and DeRozan each scored twenty points or more. Um, they've done that in back to back games. Um, so uh, will this be a better version uh, of the Bulls team? Um, also important to note that Alex Caruso has been ruled out uh, with concussion protocol. Uh, Javante Green is doubtful with a knee issue. Um, so you know that that's something that I'm sure um, uh, Mr. Randall, Julius Randall's happy to hear that he won't have to have Caruso switching on him, um, which made life difficult for him um, in the, uh, the the previous matchups. Uh, also, Derek Jones Jr., uh, one of the Bulls rotation players, is out with a sideline. Um, as far as injuries go for the Knicks, um, Quinn Grimes has been listed as questionable. Um, fortunately, Tibbs said uh, after Wednesday's game that um, it's likely day-to-day, not a long-term thing. So the fact that he hasn't been ruled out, good news. The fact that he's not even doubtful, good news. Um, you know, he's, he's probably um, on the wrong side of questionable. If I had to assume at this point, um, I think mm-hmm. it probably makes a little more sense to uh, err on the side of caution, give him another day of rest. Um, but we know how Tibbs rolls. If uh, if the dude says he wants to play and he's he's able to walk, um, you know, Tibbs will throw him out there. So we'll uh, we'll have to keep an update. We're recording this at noon, so um, we'll see if we get an update later in the afternoon on Friday. Um, but yeah, so so that being said, you kind of know what you got to do. You know, it's controlling the the big three, as I noted, uh, two games in a row. Those guys have have each scored twenty points apiece. Um, Knicks did a good job of stifling their their offense, um, Chicago's offense, uh, in their two contests last week. Um, but again, this is a team that, um, you know, much like the Raptors, a lot of the NBA is about when you play teams, not just the teams you play. Right. So the Raptors came into the garden Wednesday night, essentially playing like a team desperate to save their season. You know, they had that scrap. Yeah. Tell was a big game for them. Um, they had lost six in a row. You, you know, you just can't afford to continue to lose games. Um, so it, now the, the the Knicks took advantage of a Bulls team that was on the way down. Now they're building some momentum, are still scrappy, still motivated, still desperate. Um, we'll see if the Knicks can hold them off in their home arena um, uh, this evening. Yeah, it, it should be a good one. Uh, DeMar DeRozan is still putting up numbers, so – Considering how the Knicks have struggled to guard him, you you know he's going to be a challenge once again. Uh, Zach Levine usually has really good games at Madison Square Garden, so I expect that will be a challenge. No Caruso is huge, particularly for someone like Jalen Brunson, who will certainly want to get back on track after a uncharacteristically uh, poor performance 
on uh, Wednesday night. Not sure if it was playing on a back-to-back given how banged up he's been. Not sure if it was the tampering charges that somehow maybe maybe got inside. Who knows? But definitely didn't seem like himself. The turnovers and the poor shooting, not uh, a Brunson-type game. So no Caruso means Brunson should have a big night. Obviously, you know, Ayo Desumu is a good young player, a good young defender, but, um, but you know, they don't have really anyone else, I think, who will probably uh, be able to check uh, Jalen. So I expect Jalen to have a really big bounce back game against this team. And, and so, in some ways, I feel like the Knicks match up well with the Bulls, which is why they swept them. Because having watched this Knicks team, I feel like the teams that give them the most problems feel like the teams that are most agile, most athletic, most rangy defensively. And the Bulls are not that. They have athletes and they have um, um, talented players, but they're kind of a slow team. They're kind of a half-court team. And the Knicks actually are, are pushing the pace way more this year. And while the Knicks, I wouldn't consider necessarily an athletic team because they're playing a team that's kind of more their speed, I think it's, it, it allows them to kind of get into their offense and feel comfortable. Uh, you watch that Raptors game. Even though the Knicks were scoring, especially in the second half, it, it still felt like everything was tough. Like I, I thought the Knicks played offensively really well, despite the fact that I think Toronto guarded them really well. That's that kind of team. I think is always going to give the Knicks problems. Uh, the Bulls playing a natural five and Vucevic, who usually plays well against the Knicks, and I'm sure we'll have a good game. But nonetheless, his natural five helps the Knicks. You got Mitch and Hartenstein playing all these minutes. Now Sims is playing all these minutes, and 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 now we'll see what the Bulls do with some of these guys out. I saw. Um, um, their rookie who they drafted, uh, Dale and Terry, Dale and Terry, he, he actually got some minutes in that last game. Not a lot, but I wonder how much he plays and, and, and how he factors in. So, uh, so we'll see how this game ends up, ends up going, but I, I think a big key for this one will be, uh, the, the bounce back of Jalen Brunson, big opportunity with Caruso out. And also Grimes, um, that, that his, yes. his, his availability, because again, with, with Levine and, and DeRozan, those are two guys. That's- um, that can give you a ton of problems on the perimeter, um, and not, and the Knicks missing their best perimeter defender would be a a, a major blow. So we'll uh, we'll see if if Grimes can uh, get back in the lineup. Yeah, and that's seeing you know what Pascal did, uh, you know this past week, this 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 week on on Wednesday, uh, you know a different kind of player, but but you do kind of wonder, you know, is Derrick Rose still that nice guy in the rotation? Has there been any conversation with Cam Reddish to say? Okay, I know we weren't going to play you, but we need you, and you're professional, so you need to go out there. I, I don't know, but it was it, you would think that reddish in this matchup particularly would make more sense than Rose, given the Bulls don't really have a strong backcourt. Yes, and and the Knicks are not most likely not going to need points. They're going to need somebody to stop the the Rose and and or Levine from scoring. So I think Cam as the ninth guy should Grimes be sidelined would make a lot more sense. I'd actually expect that to be the case tonight. So. The Bulls are in a situation where they're, they've not met expectations. They've not had a good season. They're 13 and 18. This is a team that last season made the playoffs, um, was a team that you know some thought before the season maybe could even make noise in the postseason. They only won one game. And now they sit in the midst of a struggling season, and there's rumors that now DeMar DeRozan may seek a trade this offseason, if things continue to go the way they are, there's rumors that the Bulls may seek to sell off some of their uh, top players if this continues to go awry. If you're the Knicks and where you are right now, do you have any interest in a potential Bulls fire sale? And um, do you believe, Tommy, that the Bulls will blow it up? 
I think the Bulls should blow it up. I mean, listen, they're despite their two-game winning streak, they're still five games under 500. They're 11 yeah. seed in the East, um, and it's one of those things we talked about with the Knicks before. You know, like what's the ceiling on this Bulls team? Let's say they play really, really well over the next few months, get back to 500, get back over 500, uh, maybe three or four games above 500, and you know, land in the seven seed or the eight seed. Maybe they climb all the way up to the six seed. Um, you know, they'd have to pass the Heat, the, uh, the Hawks, the Raptors, uh, and the Knicks in order to do so. Um, I don't think that's likely. Um, they have yeah. the talent to do so, and they're you know, they're kind of more – And but they're a team that's more built for the regular season anyway. So even if they got into the postseason, um, I don't think they're going to scare a team like the, the Bucs or, you know, you know, one of those top-tier Celtics, Cavs teams that, they, that they'd have to face. Um, so that being said, if I'm a Bulls fan, I would prefer that they – get ahead and proactively start selling off some of these pieces and, and, and trend in the right direction. Again, you don't sell them off cheaply. DeRozan's a valuable player. Um, Levine, not my cup of tea, but you can, you know, you definitely need a high profile. If you need a high profile scorer, uh, athletic, um, exciting player um, that, that, that you can put on your roster, maybe help sell some tickets. Um, Vucevic is an uh, incredibly talented offensive center, not a great defender, um, but doesn't kill you on the defensive end. Um, there's a reason that the Bulls gave up two first rounders for him. Um, and that's the other thing they have first round picks outgoing. Um, so if they yeah. really want to kind of build up the, the, their, their, their share of uh, draft capital, maybe get some young players, maybe find a disgruntled player somewhere. Um, you know, we talked about, is Trey Young going to be that guy? Is, um, you know, uh, if Minnesota moves on from Carl Anthony Towns, that might be kind of a way for the bull, for the Bulls to kind of, uh, shuffle their roster without completely re rebuilding because they're kind of in that no man's land that that that, yeah, that, that no purgatory that purgatory that no team wants to be not good enough to be a contender not bad enough to get a top lottery pick um so it, it it's difficult it would probably be difficult unless you can get you know two or three separate deals where you trade out all those pieces and bring in young guys and draft picks um because otherwise if you just trade trade the rosen then you're still in purgatory and now you don't have another talented player to even make a run towards the play-in or the playoff um so they're in a really tough spot um my guess is they try to piece it together um you know hold kind of hold the fort as is hope for the best um and and maybe make a run and you know sign another free agent this offseason to try to complete yeah. the roster um so that'd be my guess is that they're they're not motivated to make a deal but if the team came calling if the bulls are willing to give up to the 27 and the 29th for the rosen and some you know um yeah, the Lakers, that's yeah. The Lakers, rather. Yeah. Um, that's something that that obviously you're all ears. But again, I don't think they're going to get what they're looking for. I don't think they're going to get equal value for those players. Certainly what they feel is equal value in their eyes. Um, so for that reason, I think they'll probably sit still. As far as a Knicks perspective, again, I'm not a Levine guy. Um, you know, with uh, with uh, RJ and and, um, and Grimes on the wing and, and two guard and, and, and small forward, um, I don't really feel he has a place um, in, in the Knicks rotation. With three quality centers, Vucevic is, is not an option. Um, would it be an upgrade over all three? Absolutely. Um, but again, right. you'd have to give up a lot to get them. Um, and again, if you could get Levine dirt cheap for 60 cents on the dollar, you buy that talent and figure out how to work the pieces around them. But again, the, the, the Bulls aren't just going to sell for, for the sake of selling. So for that reason, I, I don't see the Knicks and the Bulls as a fit. Yeah, I think that there will be teams who maybe successfully buy some of these pieces off of the Bulls. If things continue to go south, I don't think the Knicks are in a position 
well, they're in a position, but I don't think they they should have the wherewithal or the want to to acquire these pieces. Like you said, Vucevic, good player. I don't think he necessarily fits with the Knicks. I think that considering how much Tibbs require, uh, you know, demands rim protection, and, and and that is a key core to his defensive principles. I don't know where he would make sense for them. We look at uh, Zach Levine. He's making a lot of money. I mean, I'm just looking at his salaries for the next few years. He just signed a big five-year, $215 million contract extension. So talking about $40 million next year, 43 and 25, 45 and 26, 48 million in 27. Those are those are monster numbers for a guy who is, I would say, probably like a borderline all-star. A guy who at best, maybe, at, at yeah. best a borderline all-star. Yeah, you know, a guy who you know may make it one year, may not make it the next. Right. I, I just that's not the guy I'm investing in because you know you you make the trade you know you didn't time to the contract but then you make the trade that uh, inherits that contract and now you've given up assets to to yes. uh, to, to yes. inherit that contract that that's not something that the Knicks I think should be interested in and DeRozan is a a little interesting almost only because he's like in my opinion underpaid like he's making twenty seven million twenty eight million next season uh, his, his contract comes off the books uh, in twenty twenty four so. A shorter term deal, but then again, you look at the fit. Who are you trading him for? I mean, I'm not, I'm not trading RJ Barrett for him. Um, are you swapping him for Julius Randle? Is he playing small ball four? Uh, I've heard worse things. Um, but again, okay, what's the cat? What's the, what is the, um, the cost outside of Julius Randle? How many first round picks am I giving up? Right. Uh, you know, those things I, I would have questions about. I, I don't, I don't hate that idea because maybe you, you move the Rosen. You uh you, you put him at the small ball four, Obi Toppin gets more minutes, and you know when his contract expires, he's thirty five years old. Obi Toppin slops in at the starting four, so th- there may be something there, but I I think that would kind of for some reason, and maybe teams are more creative than I think. I just feel like teams aren't nearly as creative as like the fans are with trades and, and piecing together certain people. Like we're all used to playing two K and doing our franchises and and swapping rosters and swapping guys left and right, and we can just kind of make something happen. And I don't, you don't see that kind of ingenuity in the NBA. So I think that Leon Rose and, and worldwide West and, and the crew would kind of foresee that as something that maybe could work. I don't think so, especially with given how good really Julius Randle has played. So, uh, so, so I don't think that DeRozan really matches as well. So I, I don't think that you'll see anything between the Knicks and Bulls. Agreed. Plus you're in the conference, you know, they, they, they yeah. obviously prefer to trade it out West and teams are obviously on rivals now, but there's some history there. And, you, you know, does either team want to make the other team better? Um, listen, for the right price, again, um, if there's an edict from management, listen, slash salary. We, again, there's always possibilities and scenarios that that could arise that might make sense. Um, but but as it stands now, I, I think it's probably um, the teams aren't a great, great fit in terms of uh, trading with each other. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. 
Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Knicks Bulls at the Garden Friday night, third game in about a week. Third, last game of the season. Thank goodness for this podcast. So we don't get to talk about the Bulls any longer. Um, so, so make sure everybody checks that out. So uh, after the Knicks game against the Bulls Friday night, the Knicks will make their return to the Christmas Day slate. They will be hosting the Philadelphia 76ers noon Sunday on Christmas Day. The Knicks have played more Christmas Day games than any other team in the, in the NBA. That's 54 in total. Uh, but unlike the Lakers, their slot on Christmas Day hasn't been a given in recent years. The team was left off the Christmas Day slate in both 2019 and 2020. Uh, meanwhile, the Christmas, uh, the Knicks slot on Christmas has one Brooklyn Net wishing his team got a piece of the action on Christmas Day. Kevin Durant acknowledging that his own trade demands likely led to the NBA leaving the Nets off the Christmas Day schedule. And in fact, he says he hopes the Knicks and Nets can become a Christmas Day matchup in the years to come. Let's hear from KD when he was asked about the Nets not playing on Christmas. The way you guys are playing and the way you play pretty much all season, you think there's people regretting now maybe you're not playing this weekend? Uh, Yeah, Knicks and Nets would have been a great Christmas Day matchup. Um, that's what you're talking about, right? Any place having you on the schedule, but yeah, certainly that would so be. a Christmas game, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, it's probably some people, especially with the way Nick's playing, the way we playing right now. I felt like that would have been a perfect matchup on Christmas. Hopefully, we can get that going forward. But, um, yeah, I probably do have uh, it's responsible for us not playing on Christmas, uh, what we went on this summer. But hey, it is what it is. We play on the 26th, that's close enough. Very interesting that. <laughs> non-provoked in talking about the Knicks. They just asked him, you know, what do you think about not playing on Christmas? He's like, oh, you mean the Knicks? You mean playing the Knicks? Yeah, I really wish that could happen. I really hope we could play the Knicks one day. It's my fault that we're not playing the Knicks on Christmas. Um, interesting. Uh, I'll leave that there. For, but for, when it, for, for a team that's not cool, the Knicks are on his mind a lot, huh? That's <laughs> yeah, it, it is very odd. It is very odd for, for someone who tried to make it known that the Nets had to be the choice over the Knicks because nobody cares about the Knicks. KD certainly seems to care a lot about the Knicks and the Knicks fans, but it does leave me to think about this proposition pro- proposition by by KD, this proposal of Knicks Nets matchups on Christmas Day. Would you be for that, Tommy Bear? Yeah, I think um, certainly anything that kind of adds a little juice, a little excitement. Um, you know, as a Detroit Lions fan, actually, you know, the Lions always play on Thanksgiving. It becomes, yep. you know, it's part of the tradition. And, you know, and, and and it's better when there's a more rivalry feel to the game as opposed to a random, you know, AFC opponent, the Pats or something like that. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think that uh, if they could build a little tradition, you know, we one of the earlier pods, we talked a little bit about rivalry, rivalry week. Um, and I think 
Christmas Day is kind of the symbolic start or, you know, right around the New Year's, the symbolic start of the NBA season for a lot of fans that um, aren't overly invested in it. You know, once their fantasy teams are eliminated and, you know, maybe their favorite football teams are eliminated, um, you know, sorry for all you Jeff fans out there. Um, They can kind of of focus on basketball more as opposed to the NFL or, you know, some some hot stove baseball, whatever the case might be. Um, So, yeah, I think any, uh, you know, I think a Knicks net game would kind of generate a little buzz, a little excitement, have a little extra excitement in the building. So um, I think that's definitely something they should consider going forward. Yeah, I think for me, I really don't love the idea of Knicks and Nets on Christmas only because I think that there's a better option for Knicks and Nets playing every year on a holiday. I think the Knicks and Nets should play every year a matinee game on Martin Luther King Day. Uh, And and people who know Knicks uh, history know that the Knicks always play a matinee game on Martin Luther King Day. Um, it's a great day for, you know, parents to take their kids to, to an early afternoon game. And the Nets have recently also kind of adopted that as well. They've also played almost every time on Martin Luther King Day. In fact, I, I think now almost every NBA team does it, I think, because of all the social justice stuff. But um, but the, the afternoon game, per se, has been something the Knicks do. And I think that we've seen the Nets do that in recent years as well. Uh, why not? put those two teams together and say, all right, every, every year of Martin Luther King day, like uh, those teams will play. They can put it on national TV if they want, or just keep it local. That's fine. But I almost prefer that as opposed to Christmas, because while I think the Knicks should play on Christmas every day, I think that the NBA misses the boat, not having the Knicks and Lakers be their Cowboys and Lions on Thanksgiving. I think that the fact that you could just rely on those two teams on Christmas, considering you have so many games, it'd be different if maybe you had only, two games, but now that you're playing five usually throughout the day, I don't know why you just don't make sure that you have one team on the West Coast that people can definitely latch on to one team on the East Coast, two biggest markets. That seems like a layup, but uh, so for some reason they continue to uh, kind of dangle the Knicks back and forth, where the Lakers, it doesn't matter how bad they are. Lakers have had a terrible season. They always get Christmas no matter what. Knicks, whenever they anticipate a bad season, they'll pull them from the schedule. So, I, but I think because of that, I think it allows you a little more flexibility on Christmas to put those teams against other good teams. So, let's say if the Nets uh, in this post-KD era, you know, end up going into the tank, you're not, you know, the the whole country isn't burdened to have to watch the Knicks and the Nets, you know, knowing how the Knicks history has been. They, they don't, they're not, you know, people already complain about having to watch Knicks on Christmas. So, if the Nets somehow struggle, I don't want to put that on the entire basketball world. But uh, a MLK Day game, I think, would be really cool. Good point. And the other thing is, yeah, like, and even if the Knicks are struggling, you still get a team coming to the garden. Yeah. Um, and, and and holidays are so much about tradition. And, you know, you're right. Just having that that kind of tradition. Um, you know, we saw what the Raptors got up, got excited. Pascal Siakam, 50 point explosion, you know, like yeah. players put, you know, th- there's an emphasis. Um, you know, there's there's a certain um you know, there's just a certain it amps up a little bit when, when you play a game at the Garden. So you're right. Even if the Knicks are struggling, you still get to pick nine other teams and four other games um, that can, you know, bring the, the eyeballs to the TV set. So I, I agree with you. I think it makes a lot of sense. And I think the, the NBA, when the Knicks have had bad seasons and they still played on Christmas, they've done a good job of using that as kind of like a, uh, a spotlight game for some of their young players. Like, you know, last year the Hawks had Trey Young who didn't play because he had COVID, but that would have been a great spot for, for him, obviously. Uh, we've had other years, Kevin Durant in the, in the Thunder when he was a little younger in his career. They came into the Garden. So it's a great opportunity to get one of your young stars, you know, in the early game and the biggest stage in basketball uh, in New York City. It, it's still going to be a great atmosphere regardless of how good the Knicks are. So I, I, I hope that the NBA can kind of, 
you know, zero in and say you commit to the Knicks being on Christmas Day because it was that way for so many years. It's not like this is something that's like, uh, you know, something that's random. Like they played the most on Christmas Day. They used to play every year. So I hope that they continue that. When we look at this matchup with the Sixers, this is a team that is essentially right ahead of the Knicks in the standings. And if the Knicks are going to move up, uh, the first spot that they're going to have to take is Philly, who's at five. Philly has won six in a row. They have certainly played a lot better. Uh, early preview says he won't have a pod uh, before Christmas. Early preview of of a Knicks Sixers matchup. Yeah, as you mentioned, they're uh, they're they're really uh, in the they're they're in a groove right now. Six straight wins. Um, they're in the middle of a seven game homestand, um, which is their longest of the season. The Knicks game will actually kick off a four game road trip for them, but uh, nothing crazy. They got the Knicks, then they got the Wizards, Pelicans, and Thunder, and then they're back home. Um, so yeah, I listen, these are the games that you kind of judge yourself against early in the season. Um, you know, obviously not a playoff atmosphere, but an important game, national television game. Um, you know, not just the TNT game that'll be nationally televised on uh, um, on, on one of the bigger networks. So, you you know, you get a lot of eyeballs and it just is, is kind of an opportunity. The Knicks have beat up some uh, some teams missing some key players. And, you know, there's, you know, obviously TNT was saying that the Knicks, um, you know, their eight game winning streak was against the Warriors G league team or, you know, whatever the comments were. So yeah. this is an opportunity for the players, you know, they appreciate, um, you know, in, in a bigger spot to kind of gave, use it as a, as a measuring stick to see where we stand up. Um, not only just for playoff positioning, you know, if the Knicks want to hold on to that, that six seed, you know, jump up to that five seed, these are the kind of games that they're going to have to win. So, um, you know, uh, Harden and Embiid back on the same page. They haven't even gotten Maxi back yet. Um, so yep. they're, you know, in terms of talent, Tobias Harris, you know, Long Island kid is playing at a very high level. Yeah. Um, I was always surprised when the six, a lot of Sixers fans seemed like they wanted to get rid of him. Um, he's a good complimentary role piece, a good third option on a good team. Um, so uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. But um, uh, right now that's, that, that's certainly going to serve as a good test. The war, um, Sixers have one more game. Uh, they play Friday night. They play the Clippers. So it'll be another good game for them. So we'll see if the um, quiet company can wear the Sixers down a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it should be a good one Sunday. I actually think that this is one of the more intriguing matchups, given how well both teams are playing. I think both teams can look at this matchup as a bit of a measuring stick because uh, you look at the, the Sixers winning streak. I mean, the teams they beat, the Lakers, the Hornets, Kings are a much improved team, but they're still the Kings. Warriors without Steph. Toronto and Detroit. So they, you know, just like people have kind of poked holes, you know, at the Knicks winning streak and the teams they've beaten throughout the season. I mean, the Sixers have gotten right. And I love the way they're playing. I picked the Sixers to win the East this year. So I'm, I'm certainly not a Sixers hater, but you know, they've gotten right against some of the NBA's worst. So it will be a good test for them to see how they match up against a team that is playing at a high level like the Knicks. And it'll be a good test for the Knicks to, to come into a team uh, come into the garden, have a team come in who you know is going to be Juice, who you know has talent, who has an elite player in Joel Embiid, who's having another uh, fantastic season. I, I think it's going to be a great matchup Sunday, a great way to start the Sunday slate. The other thing is if the Knicks lose Friday night to the Bulls, then you're talking about they got to avoid a three-game losing streak because if sure. they go from winning all that positive momentum and energy and vibes are immaculate and all that – 
from the eight game win streak to follow it up with a three game losing skid. It's going to, you know, that's, that's what, you know, good teams, um, quality teams, teams with, you know, that, 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 you know, can compete in playoff series. They avoid those, those long losing streaks, you know, um, after the Sixers game that the Knicks travel out to Dallas Tuesday night to play the Mavs. Um, and yes, the Mavs have been struggling, um, yeah. but that's obviously uh, not a gimme when you're playing one of the best players in the sport. So, um, you know, that's something that just to keep in mind as well, it becomes, uh, it, it takes on added importance should the Knicks um, drop to Friday night's game to the Bulls. Yep. And the Mavs, uh, you know, they dismantled the Knicks uh, just a few weeks ago. And that kind of started this change in the rotation and sparked this winning streak that yep. Knicks just had. So that also would be an interesting matchup. This is definitely a little interesting, important stretch for the Knicks. Make sure they don't kind of let go of the rope here after having so much success over the past uh, eight games. So, um, Thinking about Christmas before we move on real quickly, do you have a, a favorite NBA Christmas memory, whether it be Knicks or non-NBA, non-Knicks related when it comes to NBA Christmas Day? Because it is such an important day, as you mentioned. Yeah, um, I used to really like the Knicks playing on Christmas Day because um, especially when I was covering the team and, and attending all the home games and uh, some road games, um, on Christmas day, I would, it would allow me before we had kids, before my wife and I had kids, it would allow me to get out of going up to my in-laws early and helping set up and, you know, and, and <laughs> chit-chatting this way I could use it as, Oh, sorry, I got to work. You know, I got to get yeah. the guard and I'll get to you guys by like, you know, game should be over two. I'll get to you guys by three, yada, yada, yada. Um, so I, I, I always enjoyed having that little cushion of time just to enjoy a little Knicks basketball before um, interacting with my in-laws. Hopefully they don't hear this, but I love you guys. <laughs> you know, Knicks on Christmas is always fun. Yeah, and I guess to that note a little bit, um, I think for me, honestly, last season, Obi going between the legs against the Hawks, that was iconic to me. Like, I, like when I think of Christmas, like I, I, I don't have kids yet, but I feel like that is going to be a moment that I will talk about for a long time. I mean, you know, you know, Kemba Walker, of course, had the triple double, oh, and yeah. I know there, there are other, you know, better Nick wins. Per, you know, you definitely point to on Christmas Day. You know, Bernard King had they lost this game. Bernard King had sixty on Christmas Day. I of course did not watch that. I watched that on the NBA Hardwood Classics. But um, just considering how much in at that time Nick fans hated the Hawks. And and for them to dismantle the Hawks like that and for Obi to go between the legs on national TV. I know he's done that before uh, in other games, but I mean, that was just like I was like, oh, my God, that that actually happened. Like that was that was epic. And on the in-laws note, I was actually at my uh, my girlfriend's mom's house at that time. And her family probably thinks I'm a lunatic. So I was like, uh, I'll be with you guys all day, but I just got to watch this Nick game. And when Obi went between the legs, I was literally running around her house in uh, in Maryland going nuts so <laughs> so that that will always be a a memory that i will not forget ob the top and going between the legs against the hawks on christmas day um last season hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters. And, what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. 
with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. So uh, staying on the Christmas note, it is the season of giving. And because this is our last show before Christmas, Santa Beer and Santa Stewart are here with determinations on whether your favorite Knicks have been naughty, meaning they should get gifts for this holiday season, or uh, or, or nice, rather, they nice, meaning they should get gifts, or naughty, meaning they end up with a lump of coal. So we're going to go through a bunch of players and figures in the Nick organization. I'm going to ask Tommy whether or not they are getting a lump of coal or if they're getting a, a, a bunch of gifts or they've been naughty or nice. So let's begin with Jalen Brunson, the new Knicks starting point guard. Tommy, has Jalen been naughty or nice? This is an easy one, isn't it, Santa Stewart? Um, I, I think, think so. The first thing we put in there is a second round draft pick, a 2025 second round draft pick. We we stuffed that <laughs> in, stuffed that in the stocking, um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Nick's uh, Nick fans will attest. They, I'm sure, if they uh, started a GoFundMe, he'd get plenty of contributions to get plenty of stocking stuffers and basically whatever his heart desired, Mister Brunson, because he has been the um, he has been the man um, and then the primary generating engine that has driven this Knicks team to uh, exceed expectations this far. And, um, you know, we're talking about a team that's four games over 500 um, on uh, Christmas Eve Eve, which is something I don't think we expected uh, uh, certainly a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I, I agree. I think for me, Jalen Brunson, he's getting all the gifts. He's the, he's the kid that's getting the PS5 on Christmas. Yeah. He's yeah. getting the best gifts uh, in the household because he's had straight A's. He's been a good kid. He's been watching his younger brothers. He's done everything you want him from him as as a leader in the in the household. So he's getting all the best gifts. Jalen Brunson definitely on the nice list this year. What about Julius Randle? I'm very curious what you what you feel about Julius. Is Julius on the naughty or nice list this year? Listen, he hasn't told fans to f off. He hasn't given them a thumbs down <laughs> you know, in the past couple of weeks. So for that reason, you know, he's he was certainly on the naughty list this year. So I think we got him. I think I'd have him on the nice list. Um, is he a perfect player? No. Has he made some mistakes? Does he still have defensive lapses? Um, does he complain to the ref? He seems like he, you know, he said he wasn't doing anymore. That's been an issue the last couple of games. Mm -hmm. Like focus on the game. You know, control the things you can control um that being said really good numbers um solid production he's increased his effort and intensity on the defensive end most nights um even when there are some mistakes it's more of the boneheaded you know uh, errors as opposed to a lack of effort or uh you know not paying attention to detail some of those things um so uh yeah considering maybe we're grading on a curve a little bit um but i think uh, mr randall can uh can get back on the nice list this year Yes, I, I, I'm going to put Julius Randle on the nice list. Well, I'm going to put it with a caveat. So in my household, we have stockings for both me, my girlfriend, and our dog. And, you know, obviously me and my girlfriend have, you know, we're on the nice list. And for our dog, there's either a you're on the nice list or I tried. And to me, uh, Julius Randle is an I tried uh, a, a list here. Like, has he been totally nice? Maybe not. He's had some issues. But he has tried. He has tried to do the right things. He has tried to play the right way. He has bad habits, but just like, like you know, my, my household dog, Lita, who's wonderful, uh, you know, they, they tried to be good. And, and Julius has tried to be good. He's had a really strong stretch this year. So Julius is on the nice list, but he's on the I tried section because he has had some issues earlier in the year where, where he wanted to pull your hair out. But, um, but I like what I've seen from Julius of late, so I'm putting him on the nice list. What about R.J. Barrett? R.J. Barrett, naughty or nice list? 
Yeah, I, I think that's a good point. Um, as far as like you know, like the, the 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 adults and the kids get their their big huge stocking, and then maybe the dog gets one from the Dollar Tree. You know, like one of those, <laughs> one of those smaller ones. So maybe we'll give that to RJ, um, who in his own right has has put up solid numbers um, and and certainly increased of late. Um, but due to kind of the inefficiency on the offensive end, um, and again he is he struggled a little bit on on defense. Um, talking about the Bulls, especially if Grimes is out tonight, um, RJ is going to have to step it up and you know probably be switched on to DeRozan and Levine um, at, at different points. Um, so, uh, but yeah, I, I still think, you know, it's, it's, it would be unfair to put him on the nice list. He's been a key contributor on a team that's four games over 500. Um, still kind of feeling his way. I think maybe the pressure of the um, the contract may have weighed on him a little bit over the first couple months of the season. The, you know, the talk with the Donovan Mitchell trade where it seemed like he was may have been really close to being shipped out of town. Uh, maybe that kind of messed with his psyche a little bit. Um, but he's turned it around of late. Uh, played better during the win streak, so uh, I think he can stay on the nice list. Yes, R.J. Barrett is the kid who um, was getting C's in class, and you, you know, you, you went there and said, "Hey, if you keep getting C's, you ain't getting nothing on Christmas." And and he found a way to get his average to a B at the very last moment. He got like an A plus on the last final that boosted his grade. That was like a C minus to like a B minus. So therefore, he gets his gifts. So R.J., yes, you remain on the nice list this year because of how you played of late what about evan fournier evan fournier guy we've not seen very much because of the change to the rotation is evan fournier on the naughty or nice list ev we love you but you got to go on the naughty list um mm. obviously hasn't hasn't checked into a game um when he was playing um was a was a primary reason why the knicks were getting outscored on a consistent basis um while he can sh still shoot at a very high level and uh, is a reliable three-point shooter defensively um never was a plus defender and has slipped into that um you know traffic cone area um yeah. and, and as and it was exposed as such and since tibbs has made the decision um to limit the minutes of both he and, and derrick rose um you know and, and mcbride's minutes have increased greatly uh, grimes minutes um not only only just a starter, but playing more minutes consistently prior to the ankle injury um, has, has benefited the Knicks, obviously, as their as their record indicates. So um, Fournier, um, sorry, you're getting some coal, my guy. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, uh, Evan Fournier is not getting any gifts this year. And look, I, I'm not even going to pin it on the fact that he played so poorly when he was in the starting lineup. But I had been one of those truthers who said that if Evan Fournier took a bench role, he could be a very solid sixth man, seventh man on this team as a shooter off the bench. And when he was given that role, he he was worse. Somehow he, he looked completely lost. And as a professional, he's been great saying the right things, rooting for his teams. But as a professional, when your role changes, you have to adapt. And he looked completely unadaptable in that moment. And that's why he's unplayable. That's why they can't put him out there. So him not rising to the occasion when Nick decided to bring him off the bench is the reason why Evan Fournier, uh, sorry, dude, you are on the uh, naughty list. So let's go to um, let's go to the head coach, Tom Thibodeau, uh, a, a controversial figure in the Knicks lore, nonetheless. Is Tom Thibodeau on the naughty or nice list, uh, given where things have been? Uh, you know, they, they are four games under 500, and he has made the necessary adjustments, but I just can't help but think part of it's due to the, you know, the, the situation of, of, the, of the, 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 
front office kind of forcing, you know, the, the changes, thrusting the changes upon him and him not having a choice. Um, so I think he's right on the borderline. You know, he probably got called into the principal a couple of times, but maybe he has adjusted his behavior as such, you know, was yelling at his younger brother. Um, you know, uh, maybe they put the elf on the shelf in the room and he, you know, started, you know, I improving his behavior. So I'll, I'll put him on the nice list for that. Yeah. I want to put him on the naughty list, but I, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. I'm going to be fair. I'm going to put him on the nice list, but he, he's like getting socks. He's he's the kid that's getting socks for Christmas because um, there's been a lot of frustration with how Tom Thibodeau has managed games this season. But I think credit where credit is due, he has been able to make adjustments when needed. Did they come sometimes a little late? Yes. Did they maybe have to make the adjustments to him kicking and screaming? Probably in the back. Probably. But the adjustments were made. And because those adjustments were made, the Knicks season was safe. I mean, the Knicks were headed towards it was going to be a miserable season with the rotation and stars that they were going with. And now that they're off of that rotation and that starting lineup, now there's hope that this Knicks season could end in a playoff appearance. And um, that, and helps, not, and that helps the podcast more importantly than anything else. <laughs> yes, right. That, that gives us way more content. Uh, yeah. You guys don't want to hear, you know. 50 episodes of me just yelling fire tips. <laughs> the fact that we can actually talk about wins and, yep. and actual competitive play is, is good for business. So for Tom Thibodeau, uh, it may be a sock for Christmas, but you, you are uh, getting a gift. You are on the nice list. Um, last one, Leon Rose, El Presidente for the New York Knicks. Is he on the naughty or nice list? I'm going to put him on the naughty list for now. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Listen, um, there is reason to credit uh, Leon Rose and, and World Wide West and the job they have done since they've arrived here. Um, and we've laid out those facts. You know, they have a, you know, a tremendous um, number of draft picks to move forward. They've drafted good, solid young players. Um, Obi Toppin, Emmanuel Quickly, obviously Grimes is a keeper. Um, they've, they haven't done anything that has crippled the franchise moving forward. No albatross contracts. Um, the, uh, Randall contract doesn't look like a great deal right now, but it's not a killer. Um, uh, the Barrett, uh, he certainly didn't live up expectations early on, but as I've talked about before, the, the final two years of the deal is going to be after the new CBA. So he's probably only making less than 20% of the team's total cap. I'm okay yeah. with that contract, but the reality is. What, where are the Knicks headed and do they complete the goal? You know, he, he, he's done a good job of setting them up for the position he wanted them to be in. But until you pull the trigger and bring that star here, um, you, you, you know, at best, the grade is incomplete. So I can't give you an A if, if you know, I'm not going to give you an F. I'm not going to give you a D or a C, but I can't give you an A or even a B if, the Knicks don't have any playoff wins, let alone a playoff series, let alone, you know, develop into a true contender. Um, it, the bar has been lowered to such an extent here, whereas if the executive doesn't screw up massively, then we want right. to throw him a parade and, and call him a savior. Um, again, he hasn't done anything, you know, terribly to, to set the franchise back years. And if he were to get fired tomorrow, the franchise would still be in a good position to move forward. But at some point in time, the promise was 
to you know develop the Knicks into a, a legitimate contender. Um, and now he's kind of dependent on Carl Anthony Towns saying he's unhappy, on Trey Young saying I only want to play for the Knicks, on Devin Booker some way, somehow saying I'm done with Phoenix, get me out of here. So you leave yourself in a in a vulnerable position. Um, and if you and if the Knicks stay on this, you know, this treadmill of mediocrity for the yeah. next five years, what do you have to show for it? Not much. So until we have something to show for it, until the fans have reason to be optimistic that they're not just going to not be awful, um, but be a true contender and or make the decision to pair away all the veterans and really commit to a rebuild. And, you know, because, again, part of the benefit of drafting these young guys and having all these draft assets is to is to draft players like Emmanuel quickly. But now, because the, the, the books are a little bit crowded and you have depth, which can be a good thing. What do you what are they going to do with Emmanuel quickly this offseason? You know, um, what are they going to do with Obi Toppin when he becomes extension eligible? At, at some point before you have to sign those guys to, you know, expensive 10 million, 14, 16 million dollar per year contracts or lose them via restricted free agency. You're going to have to get this roster. You're going to have to bring in a superstar. So the clock is ticking. Um, so for that reason, he hasn't earned enough, in my opinion, to be put on the nice list. So you get, uh, you know, I'll, I'll put him. I'll leave him on the naughty list until we see tangible results. Yeah, I think that's well said. And and. I want to put him on a nice list because he brought Brunson here, but it, it feels like the Brunson thing kind of was just kind of, he kind of was meant to be. So I, I, he deserves credit for it. But if that's really the only thing I'm giving him credit for and look at everything else that happened with this team this offseason, it's hard to to say that he, he deserves a spot on that nice list. I mean, you know, Cam Reddish is on his way out. Most likely the team gave up a protected first round pick for him. Uh, you gave Evan Fournier, you know, eighty million dollars, sixty guaranteed, and he's the, the, he, he's out of rotation. The most money he, the Knicks have had in any offseason in the last decade or so was was twenty twenty one. They signed Randall to that huge extension, Fournier, Nerlens Noel, Alex Burks, mm-hmm. and Taj Gibson. None of those guys are a part of the picture at all at this point. Um, and then they, as you mentioned, they traded for Cam Reddish, so it's it's tough to be too positive about that. Yeah, and it feels like while the Knicks are winning, it, it almost feels like it's in spite of like anything he did this offseason outside of Brunson. I mean, um, you know, McBride's been inserted into the rotation. They drafted Grimes, uh, credit to the scout team and the coaching staff for, for uh, you know, spotlighting those guys. But the players that were brought in to make a difference, Derrick Rose, uh, none of those guys are making a difference on the court. And the Knicks got fortunate that these young guys would come in with the right energy, the right attitude, and that they have been able to turn the tide. Um, but considering the money and the resources that were invested in other guys on this team and the moves that weren't made once the Donovan Mitchell thing fell apart and you didn't restructure the roster so you didn't have a bunch of veterans sitting on the bench, probably annoyed that they're not playing. I know they're, they're all doing a good job of being professionals, but you know these guys want to play. You got a bunch of veterans on the bench who expected to get playing time, and now they're not. That, that wasn't bad. That was, that was bad roster management from Leon Rose. So despite the Knicks having a pretty solid season so far, Leon Rose remains on the naughty list. That will do it, though, for this episode of Orange and Blue Bloods. Tommy, let the people know where they can find you. At Tommy Beer, wishing everybody a happy holidays. Hope you guys have a Merry Christmas. Yes, and uh, you can find me, EJ underscore Stewart, on Twitter. Want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas, uh, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, uh, and a happy overall holiday season. We will be back before New Year, so I won't say Happy New Year just yet. 
Um, but happy holiday season all around. And thank you for listening to uh, our podcast. Once again, if you want to get these episodes, make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcast, including the Odyssey app. Also, make sure you hit the auto download feature so that you can get these episodes whenever we drop. We drop three times a week. So plenty of Knicks talk to get through um, and plenty of uh, episodes to listen back to if you are you want to hear more of Tommy Beer and EJ discuss the Knicks. But that will do it for now. For Tommy, I'm EJ. Take it easy, guys. 